You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. your Bibles. Let's go back to the book of Luke, if you would, with me. And there, that passage of Scripture we just read, Luke chapter 19. We're going to go to a couple of places there in the book of Luke. I want to thank Pastor for Wednesday night. What? There's nothing like Wednesday night at uh, North Valley Baptist Church. I'm over here on Sundays, and so Wednesday night is all that I get of English church. And so I enjoy Wednesday night so much. Thank you. To God's people, North Valley Baptist Church family, for being so faithful to be out on a Wednesday night. I don't know many of you have come straight from work, and I want to thank you for being faithful to be in your house. Many of those that have come straight from work are out working with our children right now. We're so grateful for those working with the children, the children's programs, as well as in the nurseries tonight. There in Luke chapter 9, we'll look at one other passage of Scripture as well. But look down, if you would, there in verse number 5 and verse number 6. We read that whole passage of Scripture. Jesus is coming to Jericho, and as he is headed up to Jerusalem, this is down in the desert. Not much grows in the desert. This is that first city that they would come to in the Old Testament. Joshua would cross the Jordan River just north of the Dead Sea, and this is that first place that he would go to. You see Jericho throughout the Old Testament as really a place that was not very desirable. In fact, Joshua would put a curse on this city. And every time you see Jesus coming by Jericho, you always see him performing a miracle or changing someone's life. We're going to pivot from this story, and I want to show you one thing in this story, and then we're going to look at that same word that we find elsewhere here in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 19, it says in verse 5, when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Jesus wants to go and do something in Zacchaeus' life. Zacchaeus comes to Jesus because he knows he has a need. And I want to deal with that need as we look at this place, and it's a specific place where he's at. You remember, uh, Pastor, we sang that song, He's Up in a Sycamore Tree. He's up in that tree, and he tells him, Make haste and come down, for today I must abide in thy house. And then would you look at verse number 6. He made haste and came down and received him. Would you say that last word with me? Ready? Joyfully. How did he receive him? Joyfully. There is a life that is changed. And it's interesting to me that Luke points out, I don't know why, but he points out that it's a sycamore tree. Now, uh, Jericho, it's not known for its sycamore trees. Jericho, if you look in the Old Testament, it's called the city of palm trees. Would you go back to chapter 17 with me now? I want to show you something here, correlating with that story there. A couple of chapters back, chapter 17, and verse number 5. Chapter 17 and verse number 5. In uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Here we see another group of people who have a great need. They come to Jesus with this need. Lord, we want our faith to increase. 
Now, I want, you, well, I want you to notice how he responds to this plea. The Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, why would Jesus and why would Luke point out this particular tree here in his gospel? I mean, why, why wouldn't he talk to us about maybe a beautiful palm tree? Why wouldn't Jesus say, you have this fig tree, if, if you had faith, you could uproot this fig tree and throw it in the depths of the sea. Why didn't he talk about an olive tree? I mean, olive trees, we know they're everywhere in Israel. Why didn't he say, here's an olive tree, if you could pluck up this olive tree? But no, look what he says. He says, this sycamine tree. If you only had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Lord, I don't need my tree plucked out. I mean, I don't need... If, how many of you have ever prayed, God, would you help me pluck this tree out of my front yard? Why does Jesus say, if he had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this tree? Now... You might be saying, Brother Sloan, I don't have any trees that need moving. Why would I need faith to move, of all things, a tree? You may not need, you may not have some trees that you need to be moved. But may I say, there's some things growing in our lives that have taken up roots, that have taken hold of our lives, and need to be uprooted. I want to take the story of Zacchaeus. How does that story finish, finish out? He climbs down from the sycamore tree. How does he climb down? Joyfully. His life was changed. Jesus is going to then use this, this same example for a specific reason. This tree had special meaning in first century culture in the Middle East. It represented things that should not be allowed to grow in our lives. He's just spent the first four verses here in Luke chapter 17 dealing with an issue that every one of us has to face in life. He has said in verse number 1 of chapter 17, it is impossible but that offenses will come. Jesus begins to speak to them about some things that are in their lives. Now remember, he's speaking to the elite here. He's speaking to God's people. He's speaking to the apostles and he says, I want you to know offenses will come in your life. Let me talk to you about what you need to do when these offenses come. Jesus then deals with the issue of forgiveness. For the next couple of verses, he'll talk about being offended and forgiving. And then immediately, the disciples say, yeah, Lord, that's all good and well, as if to say, we don't have that issue, Lord. But here's what we want. We want more faith. In fact, there's not even a break in paragraph as he continues talking with them. The request here of the disciples is to increase their faith. But he's going to answer it by going back to this tree. He's going to answer it by saying, if you only had faith as a grain of mustard seed, look at it in verse number 6. You might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. 
I want to show you why I think Jesus uses this illustration of this particular tree to answer the question about faith, but then at the same time, he's dealing with an issue that, again, everyone knew exactly what he was talking about. This tree grows in the desert. Jericho, we know, is in the desert. It grows where, really, you don't need a lot of water. And so, it, it can, this, this tree can grow tall, 35 to 40 feet. But the interesting thing about this tree is that it can grow anywhere. It doesn't need a lot of attention. It doesn't need much water. It doesn't need, really, to uh, a, a lot of attention. It doesn't need a lot of space to grow. It'll go into the crevices where nothing else can grow. It can grow in uh, soil without much space, much attention. It doesn't need water. You don't need to cultivate it. All it needs is just a little bit of space, just a little opening, and the roots begin to grow. The interesting thing about this tree is that even though it grows 35 to 40 feet high, its roots are deeper than the height of the tree itself. It goes down deeper than the tree goes up upwards. You see, there are some things taken over our lives. The roots begin to grow. You can't see the outward appearance of it quite yet, perhaps. These things need to be rooted up. They mean to be plucked up by the roots and cast into the depths of the sea. And Jesus is using this as an illustration to deal with some issues in Christians' lives. The roots have dug in so deep that you, you can't just prune them. You can't just take a saw and cut at them. You can't just trim around the edges. Jesus says you have to go down and pluck them out by the roots and cast them into the depths of the sea. You see, so often we try to trim the manifestation of what's really inside. Isn't that right? So often we try to trim around the edges to make our lives pretty when in fact inside there's the, there are those roots that are manifesting themselves outwardly. We haven't dug down deep to, to the root of what's producing the fruit that you and I see. You have someone who's a liar. There are roots there. There's a root that needs to be dealt with. The lie is simply the fruit of what's inside. You have someone who's, who's constantly deceiving. Someone who's constantly trying to get around the rules. Someone who's tr constantly trying to get around what mom and dad are saying, what principal is saying, what teachers are saying, what authority is saying, and trying to deceive. There's a root there. The root needs to be dealt with. You have a thief. A thief, obviously, there are some roots that need to be dealt with. Anger issues. And the manifestation there is not simply what they're, they're angry at at the instant. There's something down deep inside that needs to be dealt with. And too often people try to deal with the outward fruit. When Jesus says, look at verse number 6. Be thou plucked up, what does it say? By the what? By the root. Jesus is saying you need to get down to the root and pluck up your tree. Be thou planted in the sea. 
Now, I think it's interesting that the wood of this tree was used in the times of Jesus to make caskets. It was the most popular wood used for caskets. It was a very hard wood. It, Jesus uses this example of something that one day is going to bury you. And when he's, he's talking about this, it's a, it's a symbol of things in our life that if we don't deal with them, one day they're going to bury us. And Jesus says that the, the roots that are in your life that you're not dealing with, one day they're going to bury you in the same material that you're allowing to grow in your life. That bitterness in your life. That unforgiveness in your life. That, those fears. What is fear? Fear is a lack of faith in God. Fear is a lack of confidence in God's promise. To worry, instead of have, having faith, whatsoever is not of faith, is what? Sin. And it festers in our life. Esau, if you don't deal with the root, bitterness is going to spring forth. Esau, if you don't deal with the root, your family is going to be affected. Esau in the Old Testament... If you don't deal with that anger issue with your brother, when my dad dies, I'm going to kill him. And you see the manifestation of that in his relationship with his wife, in his relationship with his children, and eventually in his children's relationship with their cousins, the Jews, the Edomites and the Jews. And it's killing you. And you're going to be buried in it one day. One day all that stuff that's festering and growing in your heart... Jesus says, deal with it, because one day it's going to bury you. The disciples knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. If you don't kill your tree, it's going to kill you. It'll kill your future. It'll kill your opportunities. It'll kill all of God's plan and purpose and will for your life. By the way, this tree grew in any climate, not only in the desert, but any climate, it was accessible to all. It grew in the city, it grew in the desert, it grew on the mountaintop, it grew in the valley. This tree grew everywhere. It's accessible to all, it's accessible at any time, any season. Seasons of victory and seasons of despair. The roots of this tree are available to all. Are you understanding why Jesus would use this right after dealing with unforgiveness? Another thing about this tree, it grew fast. Didn't need much time. Once it took root, didn't take much time before you could begin to see the evidence of the growth. Just like that sin in our life. That sin doesn't need much time. And in an instant, in a season, if you don't cut it off at the root, that resentment, that, that hurt, that pain, that offense, that unforgiveness. What the Bible calls that root of bitterness. And it's killing us. And one day, they're going to bury you in it. It kills the opportunities that God has for you. It destroys God's plan for my life. It destroys God's plan for my family. It takes root and it begins to destroy my destiny. It robs me of, of the peace that passeth all understanding. It kills the joy that God wants me to have in life, and, and it's killing you, and you don't even realize it. 
I can't see God's blessings because instead of seeing God's blessings, all that I can see is, is the blindness that this tree produces. Can I tell you something else about this tree? It grows in dry places. It grows in those places that are needy areas. Areas that haven't been cared for. Areas that haven't been tended to. Areas where we haven't paid attention. It thrives in needy areas. It fills the empty spaces that have been abandoned. It, it fills those places that have been neglected. It finds soil where, where water has not flowed and, and brought life. It takes up root in that fallow ground, that, that ground that the Old Testament talks about that hasn't been broken up. Hardened ground. That ground that hasn't been plowed. It hasn't been, it hasn't been broken up. It hasn't been softened. It hasn't been watered. And it can grow where nothing else has been allowed to grow. Jesus says, pluck it out. Jesus says, deal with it. Pluck it out and cast it into the depths of the sea. This tree was so amazing because it's its branches extended outwards, even more so, it looked, than upwards. It extended out about 20 feet on each side. And as it extended out, it touches a lot of things. It touches every area of your life. It reaches out, and, and it touches relationships. And here you have a marriage, and we can't figure out what the problem is because there are roots of a sycamine tree. Jesus says, rip it out. Jesus says, pluck it out. Cast it into the depths of the sea. It reaches out and it touches our relationships with our co-workers, with our friends, our children. It affects your opportunities. It, it touches your friendships. Nothing grows anywhere near this tree. Nothing else can grow. Because you see, this tree does not allow the, the source of light to come through and to affect anybody else. Nothing else can grow underneath its shadow. No joy, no life, no blessings. You know what happens in our life whenever we get bitter? We look at others who are blessed and we ask, well, God, why didn't you bless me? And instead of rejoicing with those that rejoice, we're envious of those that are blessed. God, why didn't you bless me? God, why didn't you? I deserve this more than they do. And you can't celebrate the blessings of anyone else around you because God didn't bless me the way he blessed them, the way I think he should have blessed me. And then envy sets in. That root of jealousy, that branch of greed. Am I speaking to anyone tonight? Are you beginning to see why Jesus would use the example of a sycamine tree as an example, as a symbol of what we need to cast out of our lives into the depths of the sea? You know, all trees pollinate, right? Trees touch other trees through pollination. It's an important cycle where it's the way that, that the seed is taken to other forms of life. You know, the only way that this tree was pollinated, not by bees, like with other flowers and fruit trees, 
this tree, the only way for this tree to pollinate was by wasps. You know why? The only connection that it had was through the stinger of a wasp because the stinger of a bee wasn't strong enough to penetrate the hardness of the outer core of this tree, of the outer core of its fruit. Its only connection to other forms of life was by the stinger of a wasp. Pain, suffering, resentment. That was its only contribution, if you will, to other forms of life, was through pain. Can I ask you, what's stinging you tonight? Have you ever been stung? You ever been pierced? Sometimes we come to church and it hurts, doesn't it? Let me show you why. Would you hold your place here and go with me to Hebrews chapter 4? Hebrews chapter 4. You come to church and it hurts sometimes. Can I tell you why? I think the reason is that it hurts when we're so hardened on the surface and sometimes the word penetrates all the way down to the root. And as it penetrates and cuts and pierces past all the leaves and past all the fruit and past all the branches and through that hardened outer surface, it cuts all the way to the heart. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and uh, of the joints and marrow. And it is a, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, the word of God penetrates, it cuts, it pierces, and sometimes it stings. Have you ever been pierced? Have you ever been, been pricked? Have you ever been stung by the word of God? That's what it's talking about. Now, would you look at this verse one more time? Go back to Luke chapter 17. Again, Jesus is just finished teaching his apostles about forgiveness. And then he goes on to tell them, now, let me show you how to remove it all. Okay, Brother Sloan, I understand that this, what this tree represents. I understand that I may have some roots in my life that need to be plucked out. Now, how do I remove it? How do I get rid of it all? Look at verse number 6 once again. The Lord said, If yet faith is a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What does he answer by saying? He said, If he only had faith. Can I tell you tonight, it all begins with our walk with God. When Jesus tells them that they can pluck up their tree by the roots and cast it into the depths of the sea, he teaches them that the only way they can do it is by a walk with God, by having faith in God. And here's the message tonight. We can only rid ourselves of those roots that shouldn't be in our lives by relying on God's strength and not on ours. Too many are trying to rid themselves of the superficial, of the manifestation of the root in their heart by psychology by man's ability by man's strength and Jesus says no the only way you can deal with it is by relying and trusting in me by looking to God 
Faith is seeing what otherwise I cannot perceive. What is faith? Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith lets me see what otherwise I could not see. Faith holds on to what I otherwise couldn't even feel. Faith gives me strength to obey and strength to follow God's precepts and strength to, to follow God's uh, law when otherwise I don't have the strength to go on. But faith helps me obey when otherwise I can't. Faith is based on a promise. See, 2 Peter tells us whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Can I encourage you tonight, early in the morning, go through the scriptures and find some promises that you need to base your life on. Find some promises that you need to base your prayers on. Prayer of faith is taking a promise in the Bible, claiming the promise, and then acting and praying based on that promise. In Isaiah, the prophet tells us that God wants us to find the promise and remind him of the promises that he's made to us. Peter tells us that by the promises we have a divine nature. A divine nature, not a carnal nature, but it's by the promises of God that we have a divine nature. And listen to this. You are able to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. How? By the exceeding and great and precious promises. 2 Peter 1.4 You see, faith holds on to a promise when there's nothing else to hold on to. Faith finds a promise in the Bible and, and acts based on that promise. Faith finds a promise in the Bible and obeys the principle of the promise. Faith is not empty. Faith is based on substance. We sing the song, My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus and His righteousness. Faith is not empty. When I live by faith, I obey by faith. And God begins to work in my life. God begins to reveal some things that otherwise I could not see. And God begins to pluck out those things that shouldn't be there. And, and then He begins to put into my life the things that should be there. God plucks them out and he casts them into the depths of the sea. What else do we sing about that, that he's, we sing that he, he will cast it into the depths of the sea? Our sins. It represents something that is never to be remembered or taken back again. Something that's never to be retrieved again. And Jesus says, pluck it out and cast it into the depths of the sea. Jesus says, I'm not going to send you angels to deal with your issues. I'm not going to perform a miracle and then you're going to be relieved of all that bitterness and envy and strife and anger in your heart. No, Jesus says, I've already given you everything you need to be everything you need to be. I've given you promises. I've given you faith to believe those promises. The Bible and faith to act on my word, he says. What does Romans tell us? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
You see, whenever some things begin to reveal itself in, in my life, it seems like the first thing the Christian wants to do is leave the church. When in fact, we need more of the church. The first thing that a Christian tries to do is, is get away from God. When in fact, we should draw nigh to God. The first thing we want to do is, is leave the Bible aside. When in fact, we should have more of the Bible. For you see, it is by hearing and by the word of God that God gives me faith. Jesus, when he prayed for us in John 17, 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy what? Thy word is truth. May I say tonight that God wants to change our life, and he's going to do it by faith. Paul's life was changed because he simply believed. Everywhere, every time that you see Paul giving his testimony, he talks about the promises of God and his faith in God's promises. In Acts 26, he said that he had hope in the promise made of God. And that's what, that hope, is what changed his life. The common denominator, as you look at the heroes of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the common denominator that unites all of the heroes in the Bible is this. They built their lives on the promises of God, and they lived by the promises of God. Faith. Because of God's promises, Noah prepared for rain when rain was not even in the dictionary. Because of faith, and because of God's promises, Abraham obeyed and left the comforts of his home to go to a place where he had no home. Because of God's promises, Joshua would lead two million slaves into enemy territory and claim the victory. Because of God's promises and of David's faith in those promises, David was able to kill the giants. Joseph, because of God's faith, Joseph found strength. Gideon was given a promise. And you and I can do the same if only we have faith as the grain of mustard seed. Can I ask you tonight, what is there growing in your life that needs to be removed? Can you trust God enough? Allow Him to come in and begin to purge and begin to cut away and begin to pluck out and begin to cast away those things that shouldn't be there. Young people, my prayer for teen camp next week is that God would reach down and, and speak to your heart and begin to remove and to cut away and to cast away those things that shouldn't be there. Because as the scripture tells us, it's going to bury you one day. It's going to kill you and it's going to end up burying you. Those same things that you're allowing to fester and grow in your life. Can you trust God enough to take it out, to remove it, and to plant it in the sea? Let me encourage you, go through your Bible and find uh, the promises that deal with whatever issues you have. Isaiah tells us to claim that promise. Can you find strength to go on in the promises of God? Every time before I went into a government office, every time before I crossed a border into a closed country. Let me read you the verse that I would always claim. And as I was going or wait, going through line or waiting for the appointments, we would want to go in and, and start a new ministry in a village. Before I'd meet with the chief or with the mayor, this is the verse that I'd claim. Before we would want to go into orphanage, 
orphanage, state-run orphanages, or, or state-run schools. And before I would meet with the director of the Department of Education, this is the promise that I would claim. I was crossing through countries in the Middle East, and before I'd go through customs, this is the promise that I would claim. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Can you find the promise and claim the promise? And Jesus says, if you only had faith, I could change your life. What is faith? Believing God. What is faith? Faith is trusting God. What is faith? On to a promise of God and allowing God to fulfill his promise in my life. God, there's something in me that I need to get out. Would you give me the strength to obey? Would you give me the faith to go on? Would you give me the faith to simply believe the promise that you've given to me? Every head bowed and every eye closed as our pastor prepares for invitation. Can I tell you the Bible is so relevant for every need that man has. We don't have to make it relevant. It is relevant. When Jesus comes and first meets with Zacchaeus, it's interesting once again that Luke in both stories is going to tell us exactly what tree he's in. Can I ask you tonight, what is growing in your heart that needs to be plucked out? Would you simply believe and give it over to God? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.